And we're back uh, with another The Work Week After Hours. Steve, this is going to be a good one. This I is, know. Uh, I'm ready. Ironically, we like it ties into some real-world stuff we've got going on and some past experience I've had. So um, I guess we'll get to the topic. Uh, do you want to you kind of share what you, – you, you've, you've volleyed this topic over to me, and uh, it's relevant for a lot of different ways. Yeah, Shane and, and uh, to our audience – you know, we don't prepare much for these episodes. We want it to be spontaneous and we want to sort of take our first reaction, just like if we were sitting down with you uh, in a, at a cafe, just having a conversation or at a bar. And there's no loss of topics for this week. I mean, we could talk about Bill and Melinda Gates and how every philanthropist in the world just got nervous <laughs> because yeah. they don't know what's going to happen with those billions of dollars. But the But the one that jumped out at me, Shane, is this whole conversation around a college degree and the latest take and we can go a couple of different directions on this one but the latest article that just came out was increasingly as organizations try to untangle creating a more diverse workforce some organizations believe that you know what maybe we are unconsciously eliminating access to talent particularly diverse talent um, minority talent because we've got this artificial threshold of you need a college degree. Mm -hmm. And so pre to this story that just came out this week in the Wall Street Journal, there have been stories around uh, Google dropped their requirement. Mm -hmm. IBM has dropped their requirement. And some other companies, I don't know how much is rumor, how much is fact, honestly, but um, this is, seems to be an increasing trend um, over the last, let's say, two years. Some might say it's driven by scarcity of talent, so people need to be a little more creative. Some might uh, say it's driven by enlightenment, people being, hey, these people are really great. I I've got a couple of stories to share about people I've worked for in my career who never spent a minute in college. Uh, my grandmother never spent a minute in college, and she would kick anyone's butt at Trivial Pursuit in the world. Um but I wanted to start start off with that and sort of get your initial take on it, and then let's just go wherever we go with this one. What you know, you saw yeah. the article I shot over to you, right? Yeah, and I've, I've actually seen some other ones, and I meant to send um, a tweet that Elon Musk sent out March thirty first, um, where he shared something. So, so I obviously have a very very strong opinion on this, uh, being someone who barely graduated high school, who has no college degree, and who has worked themselves into you know, traveling the world and giving talks and partner with national governments and all these different things. So, so I, no, 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 no. don't stop there, Shane. I want them to hear <laughs> entrepreneur of the year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, 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 well, so I got, I got emerging entrepreneur, uh, for 2018, uh, the Kentucky entrepreneurs hall of fame and a, a bunch of other things. I, I don't, I don't, I don't brag on myself. I probably should, but I guess a little bit more, but, um, <laughs> so, so, so I have a very strong opinion about this. Right. So, so what I want to do first, because you mentioned a couple of companies that said they weren't, here is one, here is actual, an actual tweet out from the owner of, I would argue, I would say one of the hottest top 10 countries in America, right? Tesla, okay. right? Super, super yep. hot company, right? So this, uh, someone, the Austin Tesla club. So the Aust Tesla owners of Austin posted this. It said, high school grads, you do not have to have a college degree to work for Tesla. You can work for Tesla straight out of high school. Chris Riley of recruiting of Tesla explains. And then there's an excerpt. It says, 
The company has established relationships with Austin Community College, Houston Tilliston University, and University of Texas and Del Vell Independent School District. Riley said the car manufacturer is well known for not requiring college degrees for some of its jobs. But Riley said part of the work they're doing with the local colleges is thinking about a recruiting students who can graduate high school and start a career at Tesla while continuing their education, getting to build programs with the educational institutions with the Texas Workforce Commission has just been so. And he kind of goes on. And then Musk tweeted this out with the caption, over 10,000 people are needed for Giga Texas just through 2022. Five minutes from the airport, 15 minutes from downtown, right on the Colorado River. So he's echoing this and saying, just apply. People, right. just apply for the job, right? Mm -hmm. 10,000 people in the next 18 months, right? That's, right. A, that's a large hire, right? That's a large, right. that's a very, very large hire. So, right. So that is, and that's a very technical company. It is a very science-based company. Yep. But they, and I, and this is what I believe about Tesla. I believe they can make this statement because they know themselves so well as a company. They know how well they can teach people how to do the jobs they need. And you don't need a bunch of ancillary nine years of sitting in a classroom, listening to a bunch of people tell you stuff that's outdated and I mean, you clearly, right. I think highly of universities right now, right? I do think highly of universities. I just don't think it's for everybody. And, you know, so that process of, do you really need, if, if you, if like, do I need a college degree for your company to teach me how to do your job? Right. And that's right. the thing. Well, listen, let's, let's pause here for a second. I don't think what these CEOs or what that tweet you just talked about or what the city of Austin's doing they're not saying education's not important. Correct. They're saying a college degree isn't important. And I don't think Correct. any company in the world right now or any school is going to tell you the need for education is diminishing. It's not. But where that education's happening and what that education is, I think is dramatically changing. And you just brought up a huge story for me, which is Google's creating content so that you can be vital for tomorrow that's not requiring you to go to college. And Correct. that's what Tesla's basically saying there. It's like, hey, we know what we need. We know what you need. And we're going to have to not just build a business. We're going to have to be a talent development source so that you choose us, so that we can access more talent, even if it doesn't go to college. Now, that's a part of the story, which I don't think people are picking up on. Like, oh, college student loan debt. That's a big problem. That's not what the big story is here, I think. Okay. So this is the reverse of that. This is goes right. back to two episodes ago for us. Right. right. This is, so we know, okay, so so you looked at the numbers. We actually just did a webinar with a bunch of career counselors, which is really, really cool. Um, and we talked about a lot of this stuff, right? So think about this. Instead of going to a university right now to learn robotics, or electrical engineering or manufacturing engineering, right? And getting, let's say that degree at a really good school is probably going to cost you seventy, eighty, hundred thousand dollars in debt for the average student, right? Right. So you can go there, spend four years of your life and go into debt, or you can go here because you're not going to probably work at Tesla, but four or five years anyway, go there they're probably paying really good money. I'd say you probably start out 60, 70 grand a year, right? At 19, 20, 21 years old. Wow. You learn, you're learning a job better prepared for when you're 26, 27, because when you go to apply for that next job, 
that saying that you did this and you had this responsibility and you learned this skill and you did it at this level at Tesla is going to carry a thousand times more weight than me saying that I went to Western Kentucky University and I got an engineering degree and now I'm ready to get some experience. That's right. And so that's huge. That's huge. Mm -hmm. So now I've actually yeah. made money. I'm not in debt. I've learned a skill and I've set my career on a path that it needs to be on. And that's right. I, like you said, Google is building their own educational infrastructure. And right. I think that's huge. I think it's and huge. It's not, and this isn't necessarily new. I was at Cisco 98 through 2000 and up to 2004, about six years. And Cisco did something really cool. They built, and this was their philanthropic uh, focus. It's called Cisco Network Academies. They would go into low-income areas of the world. They would say, hey, we will go put in a school teaching kids how to service our networks. So they're building a whole army of network technicians at no cost to the students, contributing, giving people viable access to income, you know, stable income jobs, which are going to be needed for a long time, and giving people that little extra start, not feeling inhibited by, oh, I got to go to college, you know. Now, listen, I went to college. I wasn't sure why I was going there because in my family, it's kind of what you did. And I, 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 I went into college and I graduated without a clue of what I was going to do but I wasn't worried about it. And there's so much of that experience that was non-academic that I would not trade for anything. The friendships, the sports, the cultural experiences. That was an incredible honor I got because my grandmother could afford to send me there. My dad's a minister. My mom ran daycare centers. Without that, I don't think I was smart enough to get a scholarship. So I graduate with, with no clue and I wouldn't trade that for the world. However, I also think that there's many other ways, having recruited thousands of people, just that you've recruited hundreds of people and you've been with many students early on their career journey, right? What I will yep. what I will tell the audience here, and we saw parents behaving badly last year, or some of them have done jail time and, and had a lot of public shaming for Photoshopping their kids to get them into these quote sure. unquote higher rung schools. But having recruited thousands of people, I will tell you grit, hunger, desire, so much more valuable to me than the logo of where you went to school. Now, does it help you get in a first job? In some places, yes. Increasingly, I don't think it does. Yeah. And after yeah. you get that first job, like you just said, you finish up five years of Tesla, you have got a platform below you that is like going to set you up for so much more success, right? Yeah, and this is where it goes back to the original part of the show is, are those companies ahead of the curve or is that the new norm, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. And I think... Um, middle America is still, so I'll, I'll share a personal story of mine. Um, I know you off air, we talked about me sharing the story. So I'm going to share with you a personal story of mine. Um, and, and I, I, again, I, I stated it in the, in the start of this, like some of the things that I've done, I've, I built a, a, a really cool, successful startup that spanned 53 different countries around the world and partnered with, you know, multiple different international governments and, did some really, really cool things. Um, I, I also have given talks and, and that kind of thing. And I got asked to come speak to a, um, uh, the group is called SHRM. Uh, it's, that's how, it's actually not the name of the group. That's how it's abbreviated. S-H-R-M. It's human resources and human resource right. professionals. You know, it's where they get continuing education and these different things. Mm -hmm. So I got asked, hey, will you come and talk 
to this group. You know, now I'm way ahead. Because like, you're again, a decorated entrepreneur. You've made all these big achievements. So come yes. talk to us. Yeah. Yes. Now, we want to hear now, from the business leader. Mm -hmm. Correct. But, but I'm also, I'm also, um, I'm also, um, very, uh, more, uh, I'm, I'm much more, I'm, I'm trying to think of the right way to word this. Um, and I'm in Kentucky, I'm in the Bible belt. I'm way more progressive than most people. When you see me, typically I am in some jeans or some chinos and a hoodie and some Jordans. That's how I do business. That's, that's my uniform. That's my world. Right. 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 So, um, and that's kind of, I, I say that because I do other things outside the box. Right. So, um, so, so I go and I speak, right. Obviously I get introduced my, you know, they tell them all these different things and some amazing folks in there, a majority women, and they're all talking. Well, I knew I was going to this thing for a couple of weeks. So I went online and I applied for different jobs at all the ones that I knew were going to be there. Like I, I kind of applied for the jobs I, at night. I'd just go in and just randomly apply for a couple of jobs. Oh. So I um, love this story. I love so, this story. But again, I like to interact and I like to prove real world points, right? When mm -hmm. I, when I give a talk, I hate giving a talk just on a blind subject. I want interaction. I want, so, so for the first, uh, it's like an hour and 30 minute talk for the first 30 minutes. I talk through some things. Then and of course, they're like, oh my gosh, like this is so amazing. Of course, I'm showing slides of me traveling around the world and sitting and having dinner at Yao Ming's private restaurant, eating with the Minister of Education in Shanghai, and you know, all these different things. They're like, oh, this is amazing. I can't believe you're from Kentucky. You're doing all this stuff. I mean, I'd love to go do that. I'd love to go do this. Just praising me, praising me. So I, then we do some question and answer, and they ask some questions, and I give some stuff. And at the very end, I left some few. I was like, oh, hey, by the way, before we wrap up, can I ask how come none of you have emailed me or called me back about a job? And of course, they're all kind of looking around at each other and they're like, what do you, what do you mean? And I was like, well, none of you have called. Nobody's called me. And they were like, um, I was like, yeah. So I went and I applied for some different jobs. I said, now, to be fair, I knew I probably wasn't going to get a call back because most of the jobs that I was applying for stated that you had to have a college degree. I don't have a college degree. And all of a sudden you could, I wish, I wish I had a camera like facing them in that <laughs> moment. So you could have seen their face like, oh right. shit, like right. I see Deer what's happening here right now because and, yep. and I have, it's like, I have no way to counter right. this. Like I just got checkmate and I see it coming and there's nothing yeah. I could do about it. Yeah. So, so they were like, and I said, see, so, so, so here's actually the root. Okay. And, and my whole talk kind of led to this about doing things outside of the box. Right. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it started out what I did was talking about making French toast, right? You only have to make basic French toast. You need bread, you need eggs and you need milk, right? You, mm -hmm. you mix it all or you need bread, you need eggs and you need syrup. Now, right. you can add butter, you can do these different things, but to make them, you have to have these basics. But most mm -hmm. people don't enjoy just plain French toast. They prefer like, you know, really nice, put a little vanilla in there, you know, put some sugar. Yeah, powdered mm -hmm. sugar. Yeah, butter. I need a lot of butter, mm -hmm. like all that mm -hmm. stuff, right? So that was kind of part of my talk. We went through and I said, um, you know, I said she was and one lady raised her hand and she was like, yeah, but you don't, but. We, you, we wouldn't have called you because you don't meet any requirements. I was like, now, wait a second. I said, not five minutes ago, we all talked 
And you guys unprovoked mentioned things about how awesome it would be for to work for someone like me who saw things the way that I saw them, who communicated the way you, 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 you applauded my accomplishments and how rare they are and how hard it would be to accomplish these things. I'm qualified to come and be the CEO or the owner of a lot of your businesses, but yet you won't even look at me because of your old standard ways of qualifying someone. You won't even get a chance to sit down and talk to me. Right. And it was like air let out of a balloon. They were like, <laughs> Oh shit. And I don't know how many of them have changed their thing, but they were like, you are a hundred percent correct. They yeah. were like, I'm going back and saying something to my CEO today. He's like, he's like, I, I, I I've never looked at it that way. While I, I, it, I just thought, I said, yeah, the diploma or a college degree is a sacred cow that right. it, like, if you're missing people because of they don't have a piece of paper, I said, I said, what if somebody's good enough and they couldn't afford to go? Mm-hmm. So should we not give those people the same access to opportunities if they're good enough because they couldn't afford something? Yeah. And I think, Shane, it's it's a it's a real shame that I don't think a lot of companies know why that requirement is there. It's just there because it's been there, right? Like, I don't think they've really thought, we have a requirement that you have to have a college degree because we believe that our talent pool is going to be more thoughtful, more creative, more productive because they have been to school. Like, I don't even think most companies that have that requirement in the job descriptions have really thought it through. And if they do, they're going to see, they're going to talk themselves out of it because it doesn't make any sense. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you another great story. It's, it's in my upcoming book. Um, that's a, a story pre- about um, pre- pre-orders are coming up soon. So pre-orders, right, 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 right. They're coming up. They're coming up here a couple, in a couple weeks when you hear this. To, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. have our coming out party, but listen, I was hired by this woman at Cisco, 1998. Her name's Mimi Jagu. She was a secretary from Apple Computer for most of her career and snuck her way, talked her way into being an HR leader for a startup company that Cisco acquired. During the integration process, she rocked the world and they're like, geez, she, this, this secretary is telling us or this HR leader from some startup that we never heard of that we just paid millions of dollars for knows how to do this better. So she said, I, I, I want to integrate all your future companies. You don't know what you're doing. So they said, okay, we'll let you take that out. I was the first person she hired. And I didn't know she didn't have a college degree. It didn't matter to me, but she saw value in me and she hired me. And I never had done an M&A job in my life. And so going through the interview process and right before the job offer, I'm going, hey, I'm really excited you're going to make me an offer, but like, I've never done this work before. She said, so what? You have all the attributes I need. I go, what do you mean? She goes, you're a bit of a rebel. You have you you like a little bit of chaos. You're a calming influence. That's what I need here. And so roll a tape forward. She had no college degree, didn't spend a day in community college, but she had a PhD in understanding people, like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. And she cared about me a lot. And she spent some time getting to know, what do I want? What am I good at? And she formed this job around my best skills and it was phenomenal. And, and people never saw that. I don't think appreciated that what she saw was real. And she, the, she gave me two big lessons. One is hire people better than you. And because why? Because everyone she worked with in her mind was like better than her. And she's fine with it because she's going to get better. And I thought, why would I do that? Because then I'm going to lose some of the spotlight. And that's a big mature moment for me. Yeah, it's like, yeah. And as soon as I did, my job got better because I had better people around me. But that was a big 
leap in leadership maturity. And this woman never went to college. It was some of the best advice I'd ever had. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and that's and the so, thing. Go, yeah. ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, anyone who is listening to this right now, you need to forward this podcast to someone you know in your family or your network who's got someone who hasn't been to college and is feeling like, oh, woe is me, or as a is a parent of someone who's not going to go to college and they're feeling like there's a second, you know, it's a second class life experience in front of them. Not true. Yeah. Not true. And increasingly, I think organizations are going to have to carry this burden more than they have, which is we're going to need to educate our people because you know, traditional education, I think is under attack. We're seeing more and more business schools go under and stop offering MBAs. There's a couple of schools in the Bay area right now that are basically not taking new admissions. And so the, the need for education is still there, but it's shifting inside the enterprise, which is really, really interesting. Yeah. I think the need for education is still there, but quickly being outweighed by the need for experience. And that ultimately is because technology is moving so fast. Let's be real. I mean, let, let, let's again, this is and this is not a, a pile on on universities. It is, hey, this is a wake up call. Fix your system so that you're better preparing and helping young people going into the workforce. So the reality of it is, is when you sit down at a university and you open that book, a very large percentage of whatever's in that book is outdated because it was, pr it was printed a couple years ago. Right. And, right. You know, like, like it, it just, yeah. it, like it, when I go buy it, when I buy, when I buy a new iPhone, they've are, there are two or three iPhones ahead. Like this one, right. like they just, it, I just can't buy it yet. It's out. Like it's done. Yeah. So in that we have to look at it and say, why, why are we, why do we value something? It, so, I, this 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 makes me think about, and I'm actually really curious now. So I, I want to actually go back and start to research when and who commercialized second post secondary education. Because mm -hmm. um, I did this when I started doing research about why do I have to wear a shirt and tie, and I did for most of my working life. Um, I've had three piece suits and suits made and the whole bit. Right, I've done all that. I was like, why? Well, when you start doing research on where the shirt and tie came from and how it entered the workforce, it actually goes back to the post, um, uh, post Great Depression days. And it's how people separated themselves because farmers and laborers were looked at as second class. So it was a way for you to visually see that, hey, I'm better than that person. So wow. it became this thing of it, it was like a way to separate uh, our working Powerful. class power and then it and it just took a thing and when we think about like i'll be honest and you know this nobody that wears a shirt and tie every day actually wants to wear a shirt and tie every day even if they're the ones implementing the dress code <laughs> you know i remember my first board meeting i ever had with my company and they show up in shirt and tie and like i'm in like some jeans and an unbuttoned like like regular dress shirt and like probably some tennis shoes i think even and after like that, like we kind of message and then like next quarter rolled around new board meeting. They were like, oh yeah, well, I'm like, hey, just by the way, we're casual. They were like, hell yeah. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm in <laughs> on that. I'm like, yeah, well, you, you don't want to wear it. Like you retired. You don't want to come. Yeah. You don't have to go iron your shirt. You want to do that. So right. I wonder where this came from. And, and I think it's probably a really good topic to maybe dive into in another episode. But 
understanding yeah. that of what do, like so what you mentioned a minute ago was educating our our team right educating our staff um and that goes back to what you what you talked about on the seminar recently with the career counselors i know it's in your book about saying things like hey we have to invest in our team i want to i want to make you so good you don't want to leave that's right that's right. And you know, Shane, when I think I, we still need to debrief this, this uh, webinar that we have with these career counselors. I mean, we had some yeah, yeah. of the most respected universities on the planet attend. We had community colleges from towns I couldn't even pronounce on there, yep. uh, equally offering really unique insights. But the thing about the four year schools, the feedback that I heard, which affirmed some of the concerns I have, which is, we're graduating students and they're really underwhelmed by what's in front of them. They're really underwhelmed by the leadership, by the care and the growth and development that they're getting, which is a part, I mean, there's two ways to go with that, which is like, yeah, I'm, I'm the first one to want to punch corporate America in the face, but I'm also the first one to say, well, why is it that they're underwhelmed? What, what expectation did you set up with them when they signed up to go to your school and paid 50, 60, 70, 80,000 a year, that was the experience that they're going to get on the other side, something shiny and rosy? Because maybe you're setting an expectation for them in their four years that life's going to be a little easier for them. And guess what? It's not. Why? Yeah. Because the lifetime value of the skills we're learning now has got a shorter shelf life than it ever has before. And that doesn't feel good. And that's why we've got job dissatisfaction growing. That's why we've got turnover rising. It's one of the many reasons, but I sort of wonder if our education, and again, I am not going to bash traditional education. I think yeah. businesses also don't know what they want, so they can't tell sure. the schools what they should be graduating. There has to be reform on both ends. There has to That's be reform. Right. Yeah. That's right. But I think there's some expectation that people have that if it's not met and they're unsatisfied, it's creating a little bit of churn uh, in the system, which is where it's sort of what, what my, my boss I uh, used to work for in Canada, I used to say it's a self-inflicted wound. Like we're creating this expectation of something and work is going to involve so much more real-time learning. I totally agree with you. And I, I misspoke when I was like, hey, education, like learning through experience, I think is the ultimate learning, yeah. right? So maybe we need to rethink this. Maybe we need to diminish our elitism around traditional education. Maybe we need to start shining a light on these incredible number of people who didn't go to college figured it out and that pathway is incredibly ex can be incredibly exciting um and it does require a little more hustle and a little bit more edge but maybe that's what the future skills that are needed should be about well i think as technology continues to grow and um you know expand the way it is i think they i think i read something that in the next seven years technology is going to grow at a pace that happened since from today back to 1970. So like that period, that 50 years is going to happen over the next seven years. And when you think back to that, what did we not have 50 years ago? I think color TV was just now coming around. There were no cordless phones. Like there's these little things that we, you know, don't think about that. Right. We've now, those things weren't around. They happened and now they don't exist again because we've grown past that. And that's going to expand the next seven years and how do you teach if if you're and i think covid you know to date the episode a little bit i think covid had there's an opportunity here to accelerate that change because 
There's a lot yeah. of universities that are working remote. There's a lot of universities are here. So there's some real world experience happening that if we if we educate and share with that, then then we can really we can we we can benefit in a way where we don't lose time, we can gain time. Right. Right. And the point you made around the acceleration, I mean, I could I could cause anyone listening to this episode to sort of want to pull off the road and start crying with all the shock and fear tactics that we're reading about. Like 50% of the jobs in five yeah. years don't even exist today. Like even if you don't believe that, if you believe 20%, that's still shocking. And the challenge I fear is the human brain isn't ready to consume everything that we're expected to consume. The pace that we're expected to operate in that's where we're seeing a lot of friction and all the companies I'm dealing with and all the people you're talking to, we're comparing notes, employee wellness, stress, anxiety is yeah. like blinking red for everybody right now. And so we're going to add more. We're going to add, you know, go faster, learn more things quicker. I mean, the, the way I try to sort of make sense of this is that the most important skill, and I get asked this all the time, what's the most important skill we should be teaching our kids, Steve, what are you teaching your kids? And I'm teaching, I'm saying that, the ability to learn, learn and, and apply faster, like learn and apply and then appreciate that I'm going to need to learn something new tomorrow and that's okay. And that's yeah. going to make me better. But that I think is the biggest asset. And then, and for some people, I know it's really unsatisfying. Really? That's the best you got here, Steve, on, you know, episode, whatever. I'm like, yeah, that is the best I got. Learning velocity and being able to learn and appreciate that there is no like, uh, the bucket is full. I've done with my learning now. No, it's going to yeah. have to be continual, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, and and um, you know, that's a lot of what we're doing. Um, I'll publicly mention it now because it's kind of getting out on my end. But um, you know, we're we're relocating our family to to Lisbon, Portugal, and um, you know, there's a there's a big adjustment there, but it's a continued learning process. My kids, mm -hmm. we're teaching our kids to be resilient. Move to a different country. You know what that's like, right? So. Um, you know, the, the resilience, mm -hmm. yeah, 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 this, 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 this resiliency that comes along with, if you're actually, actually, I think resiliency and continuing education goes hand in hand because yeah, if you're, absolutely. if you're having to be resilient, you're having to constantly learn from things as they come at you and grow from that. Right. And the only way to yep. grow is to learn. Right. So, um, in a lot of ways, I think that that is the case. And if, if we, so, so let me ask you this, so let, let, we'll start to wrap this up. Um, okay. I, I do want to ask one question because I think I think it's important with your background and I think it's important with the people who listen to this. Um, if you let's I won't name a company, but let's say you got hired into a 10,000 employee tech company and and you are the VP of talent and human resources. That's what they bring you in for. So essentially, your job is to make sure that we continue to staff this place, even as we're bleeding out on the other end. We got to we got to continue bringing talent in. And you look down and you start looking at the job descriptions that they've got posted, and they all say college degree required. I'm curious to know with your background what steps you would take because I think that's valuable, and you might be able to plant some seeds and some nuggets for some people who are in that who might listen to this and spark something with them so they can help have some confidence and know kind of what to go forward and say. So the first place that I would go would be to try to reverse engineer the talent that's performing really well and say, why the people who are doing really well in this company, where they come from, what experiences do they have? How are our needs going to change in the future? 
And is do we feel confident that that's a real barrier to entry that we think is valuable to us? And let's go look at the pool of labor that is available to us and you know, that doesn't have a college degree, for example, and how hard would it be for us to plug and play in different areas so that our time to hire, our uh, time to productivity is diminished so that we can create more value? Because isn't that why we're here? We're not here to hire people from college. We're here to create value. And if we can, and then I would say, by the way, what every employee is starting to realize in this world of fast change is that the companies that offer the most growth as you said earlier, the companies that can help you be more resilient for the future and possibly allow you to leave are the ones people might want to stay at longer. So it is incumbent upon us in a world where we don't really know what skills we need in the future that we're going to have to see bigger than this, care about people more than just when they work for us for the entirety of their career. And that's going to help our country. It's going to help our town. That's going to help families. Like that's a bigger thing. And, and just try to take, I would try to take the eye off of the degree and the, it's the people that have the degree that are stuck on the degree that fought for that, that may have some resistance, right? They, they always say, who's yep. the hardest time changing in a company, the people that built what you're trying to change. Okay. So let's try to pull it apart. And then it would hold up at company after company after company that's blown that up and doing just fine, maybe even yep. better. Right. Yep. So it's like, hey, we can do this. You know, we can swim in the pool. I know you're a little bit nervous um, because there, it, and a lot of people feel like it's it's a pedigree that's necessary for us to be respected. There's some sort of professionalism that come that is accompanied by a college degree. And I mean, we both know that's not true. I mean, it's not even worth having that conversation. Sure. We know it's not needed. But I appreciate you asking that question because that's the blink that everyone has. So, like, how so do we make that this, jump? Yeah. Let me so let me ask you this. One of the things you mentioned that you hear a lot when you talk to companies is it's hard to find good people, right? It's hard right. to find good people. If you if you if you're cutting off the talent pool that you can actually search from, yeah, shit, it's really hard, right? Right. So does right. it not give you a competitive advantage if you take away that? Now we have exponentially more people to reach out to who just didn't take the college degree or didn't finish. Or, you know, these different things like now we have more people to to vet and potentially bring in. There's a bigger selection of people yeah. out there. And to yeah. me, that sounds like a competitive advantage in a lot of ways. So, it is competitive advantage. And, and the challenge is we've got a two sided marketplace here. The people that don't have the degree have to feel more confident that they have a chance to find interesting jobs that are high paying, that can support their families. And the companies need to realize like we can elevate our game here. And to your point, access greater pools of talent with maybe not as big a leap as we thought we might have to. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, I think that's a great place to kind of wrap it up. Um, you know, it's one of those subjects where I think we can kind of get to the meat of it and we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, beat a dead horse, um, as we say here in the South. So, um, you know, my stance is on it. Um, you know, I think it's, I think it's ridiculous. Um, I think if you're the best person for the job, just like male, female, race, religion, whatever it is, if you're if you're the best person for the job and make us successful, I don't care. I don't care if you've never spent a day doing the job. I just, you know, if you're the best person for the job, that's what I want. So that's my stance um, and kind of where I stand on it. So. Right. And uh, those of you listening, love to hear your thoughts on this one. Love to have you 
Uh, like the podcast, share it with your friends. We got so many more things we could we could talk about. But appreciate your your listening in here. It's the work week after hours. I'm Steve Cadigan with Shane Howard. All right, that's the wrap. Cheers. <laughs>